This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Today, Ryan and Josh will talk about the last message in the Rooted series that Pastor Ryan's been sharing on Sunday mornings at Radiant Life Church. Today, they're focusing in on what it means to have a quiet time with God. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Radiant Reflections Podcast. My name is Ryan, lead pastor here at Radiant Life Church, and I am sitting here with a co-host that is laughing at me, uh, <laughs> Pastor Josh Harima. How are you? I'm doing well this morning. It's, good, it's good. a little colder than I prefer, but uh, yeah, that's all right. It I'm is. a big pansy when it comes to the cold. So. You are. Yeah. Well, welcome to episode 40 as we are just finished wrapping up as of yesterday morning here at Radiant Life, our teaching series titled Rooted, and we talked about the chair. And so now's the time where you take it. The chair, which is, okay, I'm not going to lie, though. Every time, like in your message where you reference the chair, and (laughs) we'll we'll talk about this in our politics episode about the death penalty. I'm thinking the chair. Like, why would we want to be in the chair? You know? Hmm. <laughs> but there you go. Interesting. There you go. So yeah. I'm just I just need a break away from that uh, <laughs> way of viewing the chair. So I was like, uh, that sounds painful. Yeah, I was going to get into the death penalty with you right now, but you we can't wait. You can't. I know. I know. Wait. We're waiting. We're waiting. You have to wait. So the chair. Maybe give us. God's trying to teach you a lesson. I don't. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're pausing. Yeah, that, we're that we that. that we shouldn't utilize uh, uh, <clears throat> the language of the death penalty when we're talking about spending time with Jesus. Although, if you would go in the chair, then you would immediately be spending time with Jesus. Okay, this is getting off the rails. Off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. So let's talk. Let's talk about the chair meaning. And you're not even on caffeine this morning. I'm not you? on caffeine. I'm, okay. I haven't been on caffeine for. I don't know, six, when was, when, when did they come? Uh, you've been about six weeks. Six weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. Five weeks. So you talked about this throughout this whole series, right? That the idea is we want to be like Jesus. When we talked about the row, it's like, Hey, be like Jesus. When we talked about the circle, be like Jesus. When we talked about the chair, be like Jesus. Yeah. And, and you were <clears throat> making a case for, you know, kind of this, this daily time with Jesus. And we have passages in scripture where, you know, it talks about how Jesus withdrew and he spent time alone in prayer. You know, so we see Jesus, uh, you know, practicing solitude. But do we know whether or not Jesus did this on a daily basis? Did he do this once a week? When, you know, we talk about be like Jesus and, you know, we've had this conversation before. I just thought it'd be interesting to bring this to the the peeps that listen to Radio Reflections. Uh, I mean, what, what do we know about how often Jesus actually did this? Uh, well, morning, Steph. How we do it and how Jesus did it is probably two different things, right? Um, what do we know about Jesus? Well, yes, we knew that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, got away to spend time with God. Uh, did he do it daily? Well, what, what do we know? I don't know. There isn't a specific Bible verse that is coming off the top of my head in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, that sits there and says, Jesus did this daily. But what do we know about Judaism and how Jesus grew up as a Jew is they did their daily prayers. They did their daily, if you will, um, rituals or routines. So we know that there were times where Jesus daily would say the Shema, which is um, hero of Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord alone, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and your mind. That's just the beginning of it. Um, we knew he would do that. Um, did he do it like what we'd say, like, hey, within the chair, getting into God's word? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he was in it quite often. I don't think I can biblically pull out a verse and say he did it daily every single day, um, but he did it often. So, yeah, what are you trying to get at? So what I was trying to get at, and, and uh, so is, is this, have we made quiet times into something that is legalistic? And for those of you that are listening or watching and you're like, what in the world does legalistic mean? Within the church, right, there have been, there have been eras within the church uh, where we have added, uh, in a sense, requirements. We've made it more difficult for people to follow Jesus by saying, oh, well, hey, uh, yes, you're saved by faith in Jesus, but you also have to do this and this and this and this and this. We're, we are in the Wesleyan uh, movement, right? And, you know, part of the holiness mm-hmm. culture, you know, and, and there have been times where it's like, oh, well, like, if you really want to follow Jesus, you, know, you can't go to the theater, you know, and you can't play cards and you can't, you know, do these other things. That would be legalism, adding rules to what we have in Scripture, have we, so my concern is, have we turned quiet times into a requirement uh, that we don't have biblical precedent for? Well, we do have biblical precedent. In the sense, but, and, but that's why the, the specific question of like, hey, do we know like, so how, we're, often, we, how often? No, we, we don't know done? how often, but we, we can look in the Bible and realize, hey, we're told to meditate on Scripture day and night. Okay, so question, followers of Jesus, how are we doing? Um, I love this in First Timothy chapter four. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, sorry, I'm finding my scripture. Oh, First Timothy chapter four, verse thirteen. This is reading from the Passion, Passion Transla- translation. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the Word of God. How awesome is that? Be diligent in devouring the word of God. Let's be honest. Like how often as we are followers of Jesus are in God's word. Is it legalistic? No. It only becomes legalistic when we say this is the way to do it. This is how many times you have to do it. Those things. That's when it becomes legalistic. But we have to understand, are we living in? Are we spending time with God? Are we getting into his word? Those things are not legalistic, but those things are spiritual disciplines that should be in every follower of Jesus's life. That spiritual discipline of devouring God's word, the quiet time, the chair moment, should be in our, in our walk with Jesus. But I can't sit there and tell you how many times you should or I should or someone else should. I think that's up to you and God. I really believe it. But I think there should be some aspect where we have intentional time alone with God, and I'm just at a spot in my life now that it is every single day. I think that's just a good goal to have, but if you're not there, you're not there yet. I think at minimum four times would be awesome, but I'm not going to shame you if you're like, I only get into it three times a day, or three times <laughs> three times a day would be awesome, but three times a week or whatever. Which but, I, and I will say, uh, back in when we were doing our, our SWAT series, uh, Pastor JB, he, ta- he did the sword, Right, and he, and he talked about the Word of God. Um, I'm, I'm, and he's in the room here, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. But he actually found studies that said, like, reading Scripture once a week doesn't do anything to change your life. Right. Twice a week doesn't do anything to change your life. Three times a week, you have minimal, like, minimal change. Four times a week, like, that's where you see, like, a, yeah. a, an exponential 
increase in the the impact that reading scripture has. Sure. So you know, so when you say four, I mean that that lines up with with research. Yeah, and that's what I say. I would say shoot for four, but that that we're not. The main thing about quiet times in the chair is Jesus is after your heart. So don't make it legalistic or how many times you, Jesus is after, just allow Jesus to change your heart. And in between you and Jesus, it's a growth thing. I mean, I didn't start when I started following Jesus. Well, which I was like five or six when I started following <laughs> Jesus. But like even through my college years and early young adult years, I was not in God's word seven days a week. I just am now in my life. So it's a heart thing. We'll eventually get there. Um, it's just the danger is watch your schedule. Are we listening to all the other voices in this world except our creator's voice? And we do have to carve out and be intentional with it, but let's not be legalistic with it. Yeah, there's a difference there. Like we're not coming down saying this is what you have to do and this is the only way to do it also. There's several ways to do it. Right. And I mean, that kind of goes into another area because I'm a guy and I've talked about this in some of my ad eights and probably here on the podcast before. Like I like, I like quantitative measures, but I mean, so, so there might be people listening and, and you addressed some of the mechanics, you know, yesterday in the message, which we're recording this on a Monday, not the Tuesday that we normally do. So we'll reference yesterday, meaning Sunday. Um, you know, you referenced some of the mechanics, but like, you know, there might be people listening saying, well, hey, uh, is there a right amount of time? You know, should my chair experience be, well, if, I'm, if, if it's only five minutes, is that too little? If it's three hours, is that too much? You know, is, are there a minimum amount of verses that I should read? How long should I pray? Like, what should I pray for? How many worship songs should I listen to? And, and they, you know, maybe it's somebody who they, they don't really have a, any experience and they, they want to know, like, well, what are some you know, quantitative things i don't know what do you what do you say to that person i am the complete opposite i am not a quantitative person when it comes to the chair when it comes to um my quiet times so i'm going to wrestle with this question a little bit because this is going to sound i'm going to go wherever i feel the spirit's leading me if it's one worship song that i listen to it's only going to be one if I sit there for 30 minutes listening to worship songs, then that's what I'm going to do. Now, you know, I heard one pastor that said, I will not get out of the chair unless I hear from God. And he's in every morning. This is a mega church pastor here in America. And that's what his thing is. is he's, he's got his chair that he always goes to also that's in his living room. But it's easy when you're an empty nester. You can do that kind of stuff, right? In the living room. And in the process, though, he just says, when I hear from God, that's when I know I'll be done. So he will sit, even he said, I've sat for an hour not hearing, and I will sit until I hear from God, and then I'll start my day, which is, which is great. Um, that's just the way he tackles it. And, and I shared on Sunday, I'm all over. I don't, read a, I don't read one chapter a day. I don't read X number of verses a day. I go all over the map. So quantitatively for me, for verses, I'm not there. I just think you got to start somewhere. If you're a quantitative person and you're like, well, Ryan, tell me, what should I do? Just start somewhere. Just grab the Bible. Again, I would start Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Start with your, um, your Savior, Jesus, in his life. Start there. Understand who your Savior is. But don't make... You figure out what works best for you. Because maybe it is, as a, as a mom, a stay-at-home mom that has six kids running around the house, 10 minutes of quiet time is very difficult to find. And maybe in that 10 minutes, you're going to say, 
I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give God five verses. That's, that's all. Then do that. You're starting somewhere. How long should I pray? Just pray. Whatever's on your heart, just pray. It's not a time thing. It's a heart thing. Um, some people don't bring in worship songs to their quiet time, which is fine also. That's something new that I've done in the, in the last year is bring worship songs into my quiet time. I used to never bring worship songs into my quiet time, but now I do. I enjoy it. Also getting deaf from it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> Which you probably might want to dial back that volume a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> but it gets me moving and grooving, man. <laughs> so I guess that, that leads into another question, a, a similar related question. And I'm jumping around a little bit. You're just fine. If you're like, <laughs> where in the world are you going? I'm used um, to this by now. That's right. But how, how much of that chair experience then is, you know, the structure is, is dependent on personality and preference. You know, I mean, whether this is, you know, um, you know, the time of day, you know, cause you've got some people, I mean, you're a, you're a morning guy. Absolutely. Right? Like I'm you're a morning guy. You wake up, like you're ready yep. to go. Yeah. Uh, you've got some people that like, they wake up and it's, it's going to take a couple hours before they're even able to you know, form a sentence, yep. but they're rocking and rolling at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. That's their peak time. Yeah. You know, are there, are there personality aspects of our quiet time? And then even get back to like the elements. You know, there are people that connect with, uh, so I'll, my wife, right? She connects so deeply with God through music, whether it's playing music, listening to music. Uh, so, you know, that's part of her, you know, time with Jesus is, is music. But you have some people that are like, I don't, I don't really connect with music at all. These are maybe the people that stand in the worship center when the band is, is like throwing down like total jammy jam. And they're standing there with their hands in their pockets, like, yeah. like, okay, this is interesting. You know, I mean, but maybe they just, they don't, they don't connect with music. You know, that's just, that's just not the way they're wired. Mm-hmm. How much of this is dependent on, eh, dependent isn't the right word. But no, your personality, in, in a sense, can play into your quiet time by how, how, what the mechanic actually is. Now, I will say, and thanks for bringing up the time of day, because I actually meant to hit that in my message, and I did not. I would encourage every follower of Jesus to hit your quiet time in the morning. But I know that doesn't work for everyone. So find what works for you. If you're a night owl, and that's what's your best, and the kids are sleeping, and now you've got 30 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of downtime, then do your quiet time then. Do the chair moment then, um, if you can't, I just think there is something special and powerful about starting your day in the presence of God. I know it resets me for the entire day, and that's why I encourage it to be in the morning if you can. Sometimes it's your lunch break. That's the only time that you're going to get because you're just in this season of crazy, hectic scheduling, and your 30 minutes of lunchtime is your only quiet time. Then do it midday at lunch. Find the quiet, find the solitude. And sit in the ch- in a chair and have your quiet time that way. Do it that way. But yeah, personality plays to it. But I do, again, going back to my message, I do think the quiet time, you can add different elements, but the chair is about you and God's word. That's what it is. So yeah, your wife may connect deeply through music. I would strongly suggest for her adding the musical element into her quiet time with God's word. If you don't like music and you're like have a hard time and that's just not your way you connect with God which there's a book by Gary Toms out there called The Sacred Pathways and there's like seven or nine different pathways that uh, 
we connect with God. Some people are more musically, and that's the way. Some people think more with their head and connect more intellectually with God through a head process. Some people connect very much so with God out in nature. Like, that's their their thing. And so, add, add those elements in, but don't forget the foundation is you and God's word, you and God's word. And then, I guess, while we're on that, you know, speaking of God's word, I know, I know people that read, you know, because they struggle with reading, right? I, uh, I have a friend who says, well, they don't, they don't read, they don't read the Bible. They listen to, to like an audio Bible. Is that, I, I don't know, speaking of that, I'm, I'm, again, these are the elements, but I, I'm just trying to like, no, this is because I want to, I want right. to help you like for, with some of the really yeah. practical aspects. Um, cause personally I'm a, I'm a re, I retain much more if I read it. Yes, Be- and I also engage, like I'll engage with my, you know, you talked about marking it. I don't have nearly as complicated a system as you do. Which my son made fun of me this morning too, before school. Like I got out of my quiet time, out of my home office. And he's like, dad, you're weird with all your markings. How do you remember all that? And I'm like, at first I struggled because I created a system and I struggled to remember. But now it's just like the back of my hand, man. I just, I just know it now. But you don't mark like I... Not like that. I mean, not, but I... You so, have so your own I'll, system. Like Everyone's I'll, got I'll, a system. I'll underline it. I, I write notes and questions yeah. in the margin, you know, things like that. I'll yeah. engage. I can't do that if I'm listening to it. So I, w- I would yeah. lose a lot. But this is the same thing with books. Right. Like I don't, I don't do a lot of audio books. I like a, I like a paper yeah. book in no, my I'm hands. No, I'm with you. But you're right. There are some that struggle with reading. And, and I totally understand that. At minimum, listen to God's word, right? But I do think there is power in reading. So here's what I would say. Listen to God's word the best you can. You know, there's great, uh, I don't know if, does the version Bible app, does that read to you? I think they have an audio Do they? option. Which is awesome. Like it's, it's engaging you in God's word still. So I'm going to tell those listeners, keep the listeners and viewers, keep doing that if that's you. Now I'm going to challenge you and encourage you on the same end of what does it look like to sit down and just read five verses a day now to get into a pattern of reading God's word, because I do think it can have a different effect on you. Um, But hey, if you're like, I can't, there's reasons why I can't read or whatever, at least listen to God's word. Get that app on your phone or your tablet, computer, whatever, and listen to God's word. Um, I've done that here and there. I mean, I am a reader though, but I have apps that read the Bible. And I remember before I coached a football game, I sat in the parking lot. I didn't want to read at the time. I sat in the parking lot before go coaching a football game. And I, and I read, I let the app read, I think, all of Colossians to me, the book of Colossians, before I went out on that field and coached. I just sat in the parking lot and did that. So there's, I think there's big benefit to, and I'm very thankful to the app developers who have developed those things for people who just struggle reading. But I, again, I would encourage you, maybe start small, keep listening, start small, grab, say, I'm going to read a verse a day or whatever. Like, I'm weird in my quiet time. I, again, I, I said this on Sunday. I read my section of scripture three times in the morning, all in the same setting, at different, not in a row. I do it once. I, I go to my journal, I have my prayer time, and then, and then I go back into it two times in a row. So that's just the way I learn best because I learn by reputation. Mm. And so I do that. And if I can write it out, I, run, I learn by writing and I learn by repeating and reading, rereading, rereading. So 
But that's, again, kind of goes back to your personality. Mm -hmm. It's just my personality. That's how I learn best, and that's just the way I do it. It's not for everyone. Some people are like, I read my five verses, and I'm done. Like, great, right? And sitting there going, I just read those five verses three times in my quiet time. That's all. So uh, I love the quiet time. Can I, can I just say this? Sorry, I was going to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I woke up this morning, like, excited, getting out of the shower, getting going. I can't wait to meet with God in my quiet time right now. And that's where I want... That's where my heart and passion is for followers of Jesus is to be excited. Don't sit there and go, this is the thing I have to. It's a thing we get to and we get to meet with God, especially for me, like in the morning. Like I was trying to be prayed up for the podcast and, and just things that I have to do today. And that's why for me, it's so important to start in the morning because then I feel like if I don't start with God in my quiet time in the chair in the morning, then I'm working out of my own abilities and skills and not the presence and power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my life. And I need to start there. Yeah, I just felt like I had to say that. There okay. you go. So uh, in your message yesterday, you you did uh, differentiate between you know, a quiet time and then just using what in church world we would call it like a devotional or a you know, devotion plan. Uh, you can get boatloads, uh, I mean, of these. You go to a, a bookstore, you can find probably more devotionals than, than <laughs> is, is uh, right. But <laughs> So what what are the differences between you know, quote unquote, just using a devotional. But you, you did say in your message yesterday, you know, use it to supplement your quiet times. What yeah. does that look like? How, how, how do devotionals like, you know, the one you held up yesterday was the, our daily bread. Our daily bread. They're great. Um, devotionals are great. I, I do not poo poo on devotionals. They're, they're wonderful assets to our walk with Jesus in helping us form to become like Jesus. But the difference between what I differentiate, the devotional time and quiet time, the quiet time is literally you and God, hearing, getting in, devouring God's word. The devotional time is, it's almost like a message, if you will, right? Sunday morning, it's someone's, what God feels is spoken to them, delivered to people. That's what a devotional is. They're sitting down, hearing from God and writing a little pamphlet or a book or whatever called a devotional. Um, which is good. They, they grow your faith. But that's the difference is you and God versus you, God, and someone else. Ah, that's good. I actually like that. That, that <laughs> literally is the difference right there. Quiet time, you and God. Devotional time, you, someone else, and God. So what you, when you say you use them to supplement a quiet time, yeah. what, what do you mean? So here, here's what I mean. Our whole entire life is should be, we ought to be in tune with God all the time, right? We say prayer is a lifestyle, right? What does that mean? Well, that means we're in constant tune with our creator as, as we're living like Jesus and sharing his love. We're in constant tune with him. I heard it one time, and this will all make sense. I heard one time say, hey, if you can't give God 10 minutes in the morning, give God one minute 10 times a day. If that's what you got to do, do that. So here's what I mean. Like for me, I will supplement with the devotional with my quiet time. My quiet times are in the morning, 45 minutes to an hour. It's just what I do. And then a, a great devotional may be, hey, I can read this at lunchtime, midday. I can read this mid-afternoon. I can read this at nighttime before I go to bed, a devotional. That's what I mean by supplement. It's another aspect of God using something to speak into our lives but I didn't negate my time alone with God. That was still there. 
But this other thing, the devotional has spoken. I've used it at another point within the day to speak life into me and help me develop to become a better follower of Jesus. So could a, could a good way to use a devotional be you, you don't actually read it, but you, you know, in the morning, maybe you get up and you're going to do your quiet time and you say, Hey, what, what passage is this? Cause a lot of those devotionals yeah. is like, Hey, this is for October 26th. Right. You know, this is the one it's got a do day you, and like a verse. Right. Do you, do you say, yeah. Hey, what, what verse are they pulling? And then for your quiet time, you actually go and spend time maybe in more of that chapter, get a little bit more of the context. So you're kind of consistent in your theme or yeah. I don't know, you know, that'd be a, no, a yeah, here's, here's to, a great, you spawned a good thing. Yes. So let's say all you've known is our daily bread and that's all you've done every single day, which is, which is again, great. You've done something. You're doing more than majority of <laughs> a lot of Christ followers are doing already. So yeah, hide, hide the section that is the author is unpacking that verse. Find what, what the verse of the day is. You go have your own quiet time. Look it up just between you and God and pray over that verse. Think about it throughout the day. What does it mean to you? What, what did you observe? And then maybe lunchtime or dinner time, then pull out the daily bread and then read that author's observation of that verse. That, that's a great way to do it. That uh, would actually be a fun way. I've never even thought about that. So dig in, and, and I don't know if there is like a good criteria, but because there <laughs> is such a plethora of devotionals out there, if somebody's like, well, hey, I do want to get a devotional, which one should I get? Because I, I'll be honest, like I've had, I've, I've read oh, man. parts of devotionals before, yeah, right? And it's like, okay, that's like a total misuse of a passage. Yeah. <laughs> how, how can you know, you know, because you might, you, there might be a devotional that's like on the top sellers list. And you're like, oh, well, this must be a good one. Uh, what are... What are some, and this wasn't in the plan, folks. So, like, bear with us. Oh, I was like, I, do I have to give the audience like good devotionals? Well, to no. Use? I, I mean, or, I, or I, I, I've no, no, used no. them in my life, but I don't use them currently. So, so not, not even, not even necessarily there. a good devotional. But is there a criteria they can use to try to determine? Hey, is this devotional biblically <laughs> legit? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't match up with scripture. <laughs> But, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying if you've got somebody who, maybe there's somebody who's younger in their faith, right? And they don't know. And, and, you know, one of their first steps towards getting a quiet time going is utilizing a devotional. Um, but you don't want them to start with things that are (laughs) heretical. No. So here's what I would say. If you buy a devotional, bring it in, show one of us pastors. Ask, 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 a, ask someone who's followed Jesus for a very long time that's absolutely rooted in Jesus Christ. Ask them. You know, we, we do this here within the circle at Radiant Life. When uh, we have a leader that's going to lead the circle environment, a life group for us, and they buy, their, they, they buy a book and they're like, hey, I want to do this. And they'll just run it by us. It may be a book I've, we, that we as pastors have never seen, or maybe we've never heard this author, and we just look it up to make sure we it is biblical, and then we're like, hey, yeah, we'll give you the green light, like we think, and the, we think this is a good thing. I would just run it by run it by pastors. Just bring a devotional heels here. If you're at least in Michigan, swing by the office, drop it off, let us see it. Um, go to someone you know that's trustworthy and ask them yeah, if what they think group, about it. Ask your life group leader. You yeah. Know, say, hey, like, you know anything about this one? Yep. That's cool. a good way to do it. Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, so talk for just a minute. I got to look at my timer here. 
Okay, we're getting close. We're getting close. You know, talk to the person like me who has trouble focusing and staying on track for more than three minutes at a time. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? So should I ask how your quiet times are doing, Josh? <laughs> well, not, I mean, this you is... You put me on the spot many times. It's time for me no, to put you on your so, spot. Like, if I look back over the last, I don't know, 20 years, right? I've had times where, like, you know, my quiet times are, are awesome. But then I'll have times where, you know, I'm like, okay, hey, you know, I always would have a... a you know, 30 to 45 minute commute to go into work. I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend the, I'm going to spend this time in prayer. Right. And then like you pull out of the driveway, you're like, dear Lord. And then your brain just shuts off and you're like, <laughs> you're at work and you're like, what, what happened? I didn't even, I didn't pray for anything. You know, like, like, are there just some practical tools for somebody? Uh, and and I'm, this isn't me asking, cause I'm like, oh, I hope he has a good answer for me. I mean, cause it's cause some of it, I mean, at this point for me, it's, it's, just the discipline of no, Hey, like you have to, you have to be in this moment here. Um, but like, are there any practical ideas that you would have to help somebody actually stay in the moment of quiet time? Now I loved what you did with the phone, you know, yesterday, you know, you put it in the envelope, seal it, staple it, put it in a box, tape the box shut. You know I mean? That was fantastic because I do think phones can be a huge distraction and that now, but you might get some pushback because people are like, well, but I use the Bible app on my phone. Oh, what do I do? Buy a Bible. Buy a Bible. <laughs> get, a, get, a, get a paper Bible. Um, there you go. But any other, any other practical suggestions on ways that people can uh, eliminate some of the distractions or just mentally focus? Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the first powerful element I brought up about the chair. It's solitude. You have to find that spot. Okay. The commute for you was not solitude for you. No. Because you're, you're driving. There's concentration there. You're looking at what you're passing. You're looking at the trees changing colors now or whatever. You're looking at everything. So you were trying to do something, which is good, but the environment was wrong. It was not solitude. You got to do everything to find the environment that has solitude and go after it. That is how you eliminate your distractions. You can have great intentions, but if the environment where we think the chair is, is not in solitude, you're going to struggle with distractions. And take every, seriously, uh, and I mean it, take every precaution necessary to eliminate the distractions when you find the environment where your chair is going to be, okay? And, and again, I say the chair, it could be, you could say, I'm on my floor, I'm on a beanbag, whatever, I'm on a couch, it doesn't necessarily have to be a chair, it's just our illustration, but eliminate it. If you know you're a distracted person, don't go into a room that has a television to do it. My office at home does not have a television. Um, I only bring my computer into that room because part of my quiet time, I get on the, my Bible software on my computer. So that's the only reason, but nothing else. I had to, and this was a, this was a learning growth for me. I had to learn to what are my distractions, be self-aware of what are my distractions and then eliminate them. So, being practical, it's going to look different for everyone. First and foremost, the most practical thing you can do eliminate distractions, find the environment that can give you absolute solitude and do every precaution to eliminate the distractions that you know are distracting to you. If your phone is not a distraction at all and you don't have that evil gravitational pull for it, I think it's fine sitting in there in the room with you. I do. As long as you know, I'm not going to answer it. But if your ringer goes off, don't interact, don't, do not answer it. Because the greatest enemy to uninterrupted time with God is interrupted time with God. 
So don't do that. It's good. That's good. Are you sure it's good? That no, it, a it gray is. answer yeah. for a black and white guy. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think it's important, you know, you, you talk about the environment. I just think, uh, you know, that takes a lot more self-awareness for some people. Because let's say, you know, you're, you're listening, you're watching, and uh, you're a neat freak. And you know that every morning when you walk into your kitchen, it drives you bonkers that the dishes aren't done yet. Uh, probably don't do your quiet time in the kitchen, right? Because that's going to yes. be a distraction. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, yeah. So just be really intentional yeah. about uh, finding that environment, just like Ryan just said, uh, that you know you're not going to be distracted by things. So yeah. I, think that was re- I think that was really good. And you'll find sometimes it's a room in the house. Sometimes uh, literally it's outside on your patio, your porch, uh, you find it. The car is probably not the best. There's a lot of distractions out there. Yeah. Yeah, that did, that did not go well, ever. <laughs> I always had great intentions, but uh, <laughs> didn't pan but out. I, hey, I will say this. If, if you ever get distracted in your quiet time, like, hey, I cannot like, read the Bible for more than three minutes because I'm thinking about every, everything else. Here's my encouragement to you. Or, or you're going through a very stressful season, and you're like, I struggled to even sit down and open the Bible because I'm thinking of all the other things I have to do or all the other stresses in life. And this, and I helped a friend out. Hi, friend listening right now. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were struggling that. They were thinking about everything else that they had to do in the day. And uh, I think this was from the Lord. It came to me and I said, hey, what does it look like to start your quiet time in worship to get your heart and mind set and ready? One, two, three songs, you decide. And then a few days later, this person came up and they're like, it's actually working. I can, it, they do some stretches during that time because they have to stretch daily. So they do some stretches during that time and it sets the heart and the mind. And then it's less distracting when they get into God's word because they set the environment to hear from God now. So that's a little nugget there out there, go. golden nugget for y'all. That'd be for somebody out there. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, anything else you want to say about the chair? Otherwise, I'm looking at the timer. We got to wrap this episode up. Hey, so just, we can... just think about the chair as this. Don't think of it as I have to do this thing. No, these are moments where you get to meet with God one-on-one. It's powerful. It's awesome. And if you're struggling, keep persevering. Because I do think the enemy of our soul doesn't want the chair to happen in our life. No, that's good. And uh, we, we've, we've uh, heard there's a pastor up in Grand Rapids area. Jeff Mannion, and uh, he did a, a teaching at a conference we were at, and he wrote a book about the idea that it's the it's the little th- the seemingly little things that you do faithfully day after day after day after day that actually end up having a huge impact. So yeah, even when it feels like uh, all I did today was so in my in my reading yesterday, right? It was a a list of names. <laughs> it was, and then so-and-so begat so-and-so, and they begat so-and-so, and so on and so forth. So you're forth. reading the King James Version, huh? Uh, I'm not. I just think it's more fun to say in King James. <laughs> like, what does it mean to begat? No, uh, but I mean, so yeah, you might feel like, well, this is, this is clearly nothing, you know, but keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. That's so right. there we go. All right. You opened it, so you get to you get to close it again too. Okay, now I got to remember how to close a podcast. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to episode forty, talking about the chair. Hey, if you would like, subscribe, share, review, uh, rate, 
rate. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> our podcast, we'd love it. Again, it's not about our kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. It gets the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ out to more. Thanks. We appreciate you guys. And check us out because we are going to sit here and get ready for episode 41 and 42 of Faith and Politics. Hang in there. We love you guys. Go and be radiant. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.